Hey guys, this is Doug Aldrich from Burning Rain and White Snake, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Metalhead Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to yes, another episode of Focus on Metal. Can you believe it? Less than a week since episode 550, and we have got episode 551 going into your little metal ear holes. You know, I've got to get a new ID from uh, that guy up in the front there, Doug Aldrich, because uh, no longer with White Snake. And as you'll find out this week, uh, Burning Rain just currently on hold. That's right. The guy up front actually matches the interview in the episode as we welcome back for, I don't know, the umpteenth time, guitarist extraordinaire and should be noted all around, really nice guy, Doug Aldrich. And I got to say, before we do anything else, if you haven't done so already, you really should check out the Rider pedal from Fox Gear. Great overdrive. It is the uh, Doug Aldrich signature overdrive named after his son, Ryder. I've had it for, I don't know, two, two and a half years now. And it's always one of those things where just kind of put that into my signal chain. Always really happy with the results. And like a lot of the Fox Gear stuff, has some pretty cool light-up features, too. So again, that is the Rider pedal, R-Y-D-E-R. It's Doug Aldrich's signature overdrive, and it's from Fox Gear. So with that out of the way, you're probably wondering, at least if you live under a rock, you're wondering why we have Doug on the show this week. And that is because Doug is out there stomping the pavement and promoting the sixth release from the band The Dead Daisies out this Friday. It's called Radiance. And these guys are just putting out all kinds of stuff. You got to figure that Holy Ground came out 2021. Here we are a year later, and we have got yet another 10 tracks of Dead Daisy's goodness. And so we're looking at the same lineup from Holy Ground with uh, Brian Tishy on drums, David Lowy and Doug on guitars, and Glenn Hughes on bass and vocals. And even the production team remain the same for this one. And if you want to get your last-minute pre-order in for the album, you can head up to thedeaddaisies.com. And from there, there's going to be a link over to a whole bunch of different formats. You know, if you want a physical format, you can go to Amazon, you can go to FYE, you can go to Best Buy. And depending on the region, you're going to get different things. If you want digital, they have all of that up there as well with Apple Music and everything else. Myself, as you probably could already guess, have ordered it in both the vinyl and the CD versions. And it looks like for once that I'm actually going to get it pretty damn close to the release date because most of the stuff that I've been pre-ordering, at least on vinyl, it's pretty much a hurry up and wait. Sometimes can be months behind when the vinyl actually comes in. But this one looks like with the release date on the 30th that I should see this stuff in my hot little hands on October 3rd. But definitely, you know, kind of a you know, pain in the ass lately with vinyl. So much demand for it and the plants aren't keeping up. And I definitely was really disappointed with the uh, new one from Shanker where I ordered uh, pre-ordered way the hell back the uh, the vinyl for that one, special red and black one. And it looked like it got so far behind that the label actually canceled 
that entire vinyl run. So really bummed about that because I've been doing all the vinyl for Schenker as we go along, but looks like that one is going to be a hole in the collection. But that does not seem to be the way that it's going to play out with the brand new one from the Dead Daisies, Radiance. And also, if you want... You can head up to YouTube, and they have the first two singles out for the album as well, so you can check that out. But in the meantime, while you're waiting for the album to come out, and hopefully you've already pre-ordered it, we're going to have a little chat with Doug Aldrich all about what's going on with the Daisies, what's going on with Burning Rain. We'll touch back with a few other things as well, because you know when you talk to Doug, you get very conversational. But anyways, for now, I'm going to shut the hell up. I'm going to turn it over to Richie and... Doug Aldrich. Hey, Doug. Hey, Richie. How are you? I'm all right. I haven't spoken to you in a while. Yeah. Well, last year, maybe? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think it's been a bit longer than that, I think. Oh, well, I got your number in my phone still. Okay. So. You know what happened um, to my, anyway. I, my phone? Shit the bed and I lost all the numbers in it. So I have all these musicians' oh, no. numbers and yours is one of them. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, now you got it again. I got it again. Yeah. So, are you at home? Yeah. Yeah, I'm at home for today. I'm going. We're leaving tomorrow to finish up the U.S. run. Okay. And um, and we are. Uh, yeah, we're we're excited to have a little time off after this. It's okay. going to be good. It must be nice to get home. Um, I, I want to ask you about, you know, being on the road now. What what do you what do you like to do in your downtime? Are you a Netflix guy? Do you like to go see the site? Read. I, I I liked actually uh, in Europe. I I liked going and seeing the sights a little bit more than the usual. I hadn't done that, and and it's it's really kind of nice to you know all these little towns um, that we play or big towns. You know, obviously we played some bigger places like Paris or whatever, but uh, the little towns were really interesting. You know, like places in Bulgaria or places in Czech Republic that we never think to, there would be anything there but it's just like amazing you know history there okay um your son now is about the same age as mine is is he starting to ask you now about these places you're traveling to that he'd love to one day visit them um he had a he came out and visited me in france this this summer and we had a blast man okay. we all did it, i think he doesn't really think about it too much at this point he's pretty super busy with, with sports and stuff but at some point, maybe he'll, you know, he'll get the bug and want to travel. Okay. And what about him playing a musical instrument? Has he shown any inclination to that? He he has some coordination to that, but he is, like, a, again, he's more a sports kid at the moment. Uh, you know, he's 13, so yeah. he's got time. Yeah, my son is more or less the same age as your one. you got a daughter too, yeah. though, don't you? Yes, I do. She's uh, six and a half going oh, on okay. nice. 16. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you have guitars lying around the house now, and you see your son pick one of them up, are you like, no, 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 put that down? <laughs> oh no, I would never. I would be like, you know, he 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 will mess around a little bit here and there. But uh, and same with my daughter too. We, I got her a drum kit. She's got she took piano lessons for a while. But right now they're just into being kids and and. Uh, you know, in their free time, probably they're, they're spending a little too much time on social—not social media, but computers and stuff oh, yeah. like that. It's a scourge, uh, electronics. Isn't it? It's tough. Yes, it is really hard yeah. to get them off it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you have a favorite European city you like to visit? Well, Paris is great. Um, Munich is great. London's great. 
they're all there's so many places Madrid I really love um, Lisbon Portugal I really I've had great times there I don't think there's a bad place I think Europe is so amazing yeah different yeah it's, it was really nice to get away from I mean you know the US is so divided and 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 argumentative and just not in a good place right now and it was kind of nice to just get the hell out you know and go to Europe and it just seems much more normal there yeah yeah so the, one of the last times I spoke to you we, we talked a little bit about Marty Fredrickson who you worked with in the Dead Daisies in the past and right. one of the th- things you said to me was what you loved about doing those records was the spontaneity of it that you'd write together and go in and record what you'd just written. And, and I remember you telling me that you loved that way of recording and you wanted to continue that moving forward. Is that still the way it works with, with Ben Gross? Yeah, basically we will, you know, we work up songs. Um, we work up the songs a little differently now. We, you know, basically Glenn and I will initiate stuff and then David will initiate a few things and then we'll finish it off together. Um, and, that's kind of what we 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 would do, but then we get in the studio and kind of rip it apart again. Talk about it. We're in the control room discussing, you know, possible edits that we would try. You know, when we actually go to record it, hey, let's let's make the solo section shorter, or let's make the the verse longer, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Uh, and so th- we'll discuss all that stuff, and then um, go out and start cutting it. Mm-hmm. And as we as we play through it. It's it becomes more natural. The song becomes more like you know you you know what you're going to do, and you kind of solidify your parts, and we can help each other out with that as well. So it's pretty much the same. You know, we, we go in the studio and play it till it sounds right, and then we then we hit record. Mm. And how does Ben push you as a producer? Well, he he basically um, he he it asks me specifically to experiment with with a lot of different parts. He might say, you know, this is this song has an opportunity for you to to do a top line with a really um, special melody, and uh, and you know, why don't you? you know, he goes, I know, I know what you're playing sounds cool and it's good, but I think you've got an opportunity to explore a bit more. And he'll he'll do it in a, in a subtle way, but he's basically not asking me; he's telling me he wants me, <laughs> he wants me to try some shit. You know, that's mm. basically what he's saying. Um, are you a perfectionist in the studio, dog? I might be close to being a perfectionist in the studio because I know, like, there were lots of times when I would play something and, and he'd go, "That's great." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. Let me hit it. Let me hit it again." <laughs> and uh, I'm, you know, because I know if I get it right the way I'm hearing it in my head, I know it's going to be cool. Okay, okay. Now, I'm a huge Glenn Hughes fan, and I've got a lot of his albums. And one of the other groups, of course, he was in was Black Country Communion. And he used to write a lot of the songs on his own and bring them into that band. Um, how yeah. open was he to collaborating when he got into the Dead Daisies? Or, you know, was he, this is this is my song, this is the way it goes, and let's go in and do it. Was, was there any of that at all? <laughs> it's, it's sometimes, you know, with Glenn, you gotta, you gotta give him the freedom to, to, you know, express how he, he thinks it should be done. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to do that all the time because if you if you do that all the time, it, it can become, you know, troublesome. So I think he, he 
will pick and choose his battles just like the rest of us. Like, if he feels really strongly about something, he's going to fight for it. And that's the same as me. You know, if I, even if it's a song that was initiated by somebody else, I'm trying, my job is to play guitar and to help the song be the best it can be. And to me, it doesn't matter where the idea comes from. If it's a, if it's a better idea, um, you know, if it helps the song. Uh, so yes, there's some of that that happens with, with bands and band members, but at the same time, you know, we, we all have to check our ego at the door because this is a band. It's not a solo project. Mm. Um, you seem to be pretty reasonably quick at, um, at bringing out records. Is that still deliberate? Um, it, it's not deliberate. It just happens that, in fact, this one took a little longer than it, than it probably needed to from the standpoint that we were, last record we recorded with Ben was in South of France and we had basically a studio where we could live and we didn't have to commute or go anywhere. And it was a fantastic experience. This time we were, you know, because of pandemic stuff, we, we, our tour got canceled and we decided to go in and make a record that we had already started writing and we were just writing for the sake of writing during the pandemic, during the lockdown part of the pandemic. And, uh, we had a few songs together and then we, we decided to uh, make a record. So we kept, we wrote for another month and, and then we went to the studio with Ben. We had to do it in LA, which meant we we're having to commute from home. And there was, you know, little distractions come with that when you're working at home, you know, you, you go yeah. home at the end of the day and you've got, you know, kids yeah. and wives and all that stuff. So, um, you know, it took us a bit longer to get everything together, but in the end, I really, I really love the record, so I'm excited for people to hear it. So, how do you think this record is different to Holy Ground, the last one? Well, I think it's a little more. Uh, it's, it, it's for me, it's, it's a little the songs gel a little better. It's like I feel like Holy Ground was great, and we were really happy with it, and it did well for us. But I really, I like the. Uh, I like the, the heavier production that we got on this album, I, and, and I also love the fact that Brian Tissue's on this album. Yeah, was he, he adds the, a lot? Was he the only name on the list when Dean left? No, well, we we toured with Tommy Clefetis from, yeah. from uh, Ozzy's band, mm -hmm. and Tommy's great. But in my mind, there is nobody that that is gets plays drums like Brian Tissue, and and I just I'm a huge fan of his work from the time I met him when, when he was in Whitesnake. Um, it's, he's just, you know, he just brings it every time. He, um, he all, it's not only drums he plays, he plays, he plays guitar and everything else, doesn't he? Yeah, he plays guitar, he sings. He's an extremely talented musician, Berkeley School of Music graduate. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a full, he's a full enchilada. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, since you joined the band, um, John Karabi, Marco, and Dean have all left. Uh, which one of them leaving surprised you the most? Um, I would say, I, I would say Dean probably. You know, because um, he, you know, I think he he during the pandemic he started to um dabble with some other things and and uh. And then he was, you know, he was always in touch with Neil Sean, trying to see if there might be an opportunity there. And um, 
I remember, it, you know, he, he, he really, he really loved Journey, loves Journey, loves, I'm so happy for him that he's back, you know, but uh, I was surprised that he left, he was, he was, uh, he was, seemed like he was pretty happy overall. Mm. Are you still in contact with the three of them? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I text, uh, I text John probably the most, um, Marco's always, away. Marco's always away, so it's like, I don't know, you know, I texted him a lot when we were in Europe, and Dean basically, you know, birthdays and stuff like that, but uh, we all are traveling and, and trying to work and do everything, so, you know, if there's something that comes up, we'll text, otherwise we'll just, you know, get on with it. Yeah. Any interest in reading John Karavi's book? I would love to read John Karavi's book, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, me neither, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, he's got some some funny stories in there, and I'm sure the majority of it is um, is motley stuff. But hopefully, he's got some of his history in there. I'm, I've known John, you know, as you, as I mentioned to you probably before. I've known John since we were in high school. So, uh, the circle to work with him in the dead days is, is cool. And then I think John, you know, overall just just wanted a break. You know, he was. Burnt. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, one of the things I read online recently, Doug, is um, you're no longer a part of Revolution Saints. And I'm wondering how much of a factor are you leaving with the lack of their live shows with Jack and Dean? You know, the, the thing of it is, is that I started to feel guilty about, you know, just going to a record company, getting some money, bring out some music and not really really not being a band it's, it's you know for me maybe it'll be a band now but um for me it just felt like a project and i wanted to when glenn joined the dead daisies i really felt like obligated to put everything into it and i didn't really have time to do anything else mm. um did you have anything to do with glenn getting into dead daisies because you're toured with them in the past no, he actually was, management reached out to him, and I was surprised. I, I was thought, wow, that's a great idea. When I heard about it, I, I wished I would have, I wish it would have been my idea, but um, I, I didn't think about that. I was just kind of not sure, who, you know, what direction we would go in, and we just, I just knew that we didn't want to try and replace John with another John. We wanted to do something different, but I just never thought Glenn would be up for it. Because he's got, you know, he had his solo stuff going and whatnot. He was doing Deep Purple, uh, Glenn Hughes' Deep Purple shows. But then when they said they'd spoken to him, and what did I think? I was like, oh, man, that would be incredible. That would be really cool. And, uh, you know, just work, work with him as long as, he's, as long as he's up for it. And he, I called him, and I said, what do you think? He goes, let's do this. It's time for us to make some music, you know, like new music. So... Really yeah. good. Are you someone, dog now, when, when you were growing up, that Burn was a huge influence on you, Come Taste the Band, you know, the early, that purple stuff? I, I liked it. I was I was definitely a fan, but I, I don't know how, if it was a huge influence on me. As, I mean, Blackmore was, for sure. Yeah. But, like, you know, um, those albums were important, but I, I felt probably more kin kinship to the Zeppelin stuff and uh, and you know Zeppelin and Jeff Beck those guys but I love Blackboard one of my favorite 
Blackmore albums is is on stage with, with Ronnie James Dio. And in fact, I heard that version of Mistreated before the Coverdell version. And uh, I loved it, how Ronnie and Richie did it together. Then later I heard Coverdell, and I'm like, ooh, that's great, you know? So You you must have gotten some uh, some great Blackmore stories from, from Ronnie, David, and now Glenn. Well, the best stories came from Ronnie. I, I You know, David really didn't want to... He didn't elaborate much. I think... I think they... Um, you know, they didn't, they were not really in touch. And so he didn't really bring it up too much. <laughs> Once in a while, he'd say something. But um, Ronnie had some great stories about um, one in particular. I don't know if you ever heard the story about um, Gates of Babylon. Did you ever hear a story about that? No, go ahead. Tell me, dog. Well, they were in the studio doing Long Live Rock and Roll, and they're trying to work on Gates of Babylon, uh, epic track. And it just, they're having trouble. They were having trouble recording it. The power would go out or the tape machine would break or the tape itself broke once. Every time they're trying to record the song, they're having trouble. And so one night, Blackmore was gone and there was a, there was a room above the studio where, um, where they had, there was a Ouija board and they used to go up there and have drinks and hang out. And they were up there and they had a shot glass and they went on the Ouija board and Ronnie said, you know, to the, the powers that be in the room asking in the air, are we going to be able to finish this? Like, are we, is there anybody out there? And we want to ask you a question in the shot glass. They moved it and said, yes. And I said, um, well, we got a question. We're having trouble recording this song, Gates of Babylon. Are we ever going to be able to finish it? And then it, it moves to no. And, and they said, well, why is that? And, and the glass all of a sudden jumped up and spun around and went up and down around the table. And then it, by itself, it spelled out Blackmore, B-L-A-C-K, et cetera. And this is Ronnie telling me this. And then I'm going, so then what you guys do? He goes, we were so freaked out when we said, you know, we, we, everything calmed down. And they said, so it's, it, are you mad at Richie Blackmore? And he's, and they said, and he said, yes. And they said, well, what, who are you? And he spelled out B A A L, Bal, or Ball, B A A L. So they did finish the song finally, and it's a masterpiece. It's probably one of my favorite rainbow tracks. And Ronnie said they're doing the credits at the end of the album and saying thanks to. You know, thanks to our guitar tech, thanks to our manager, thanks to our attorneys, thanks to everybody involved. And at the very end, it says, no thanks to Ball or Bow. <laughs> so, I mean, I've never done a Ouija board. I've, I, ever since I heard that story, I've been very spooked because you can open, you can open the gates, mm. let's say, and you don't know what's going to come out of mm. there. So... I've, I, in fact, I even I rented a house during the, the pandemic because um, I wanted to have my house redone, and this lady had uh, had a Ouija board in the closet, and I I was I was so freaked out by that I I gently picked it up, took it out to the garage and put a towel over it, <laughs> and I I just didn't want I just didn't want it in the house with my kids and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, just funny how. Ronnie affected me with that. I probably, you know, 
would have had a dabble on it, but uh, since, since hearing that story, I couldn't do it. Uh, speaking of Ronnie, uh, Doug, are you involved at all in the documentary? I was interviewed for it. I don't know how much they used. I'm actually funny speaker. I'm going to go to the the, um, the opening the, the opening tonight. Well, it's tonight, so, is it? Okay. Um, yeah, I, actually, I don't know if it's an opening or if it's just a preview. Not sure exactly what it is, but it's a kind of a red carpet event. Nice. Nice. I'm sure there'll be a lot of musicians there, you know. Yeah, I'm sure there will be, too. There'll probably be some, you know, friends of Ronnie's, a lot of friends of Ronnie's. Mm. Um, just a couple of questions, Doug, before I leave you go. Um, you do know now that Joel Hoekstra has replaced you in two bands, White Snake and Revolution Saints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do you yeah. know Joel at all? Oh yeah, I know Joel really well. He's a great dude. Yeah, I, was, I interviewed him a few weeks ago. He's an awesome guy. He's playing up my way next week. I'm going to go see him. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Um, and Burning Rain. Anything happening there? On hiatus, my friend. We're gonna, you know, just I'm basically just gonna focus on promoting this Radiance album at the moment, and um, you know. We got we've got a bunch of dates to promote that to, to promote the album as well. Probably starting you know spring next year. Okay, okay. And f- final question: um, I want to know, have you ever asked? Have you ever sat down with Glenn Hughes and watched a, an English Premier League soccer match? Because I know he's a huge many, fan. Many times we have a blast, and especially on the road when there's a game. Yeah. And, uh, we, we watch it on the computer or whatever. Or sometimes, like last year, we were in the UK, and um, I, I can't remember if it was Premier League or what was on, but we watched a few matches. But yeah, he's a, he's a giant Wolves fan. Yeah. And um, uh, we also um, we also like Leeds as well. Okay. And is he the sort of guy, when he's watching it, that he shouts at the screen? <laughs> Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Not not loud, but he'll like, you know, he'll say something under his breath, or it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Well, Doug, um, the album's coming out September thirtieth. I have a copy of it uh, again. Love it. Thank you so much, Richie. I really appreciate that, and thanks for all you do. It's really nice to catch up with you. And um, yeah, well, if uh, if and when you know. When I do something different, I'll definitely look forward to speaking to you again. But until then, um, just uh, look forward to seeing you. Where, tell me, tell me again where you, where you live. I am in Lowell, Massachusetts, and you guys never okay. seem to get up here. Uh, we got to, we got to find a way because that's a great part of the country. Yeah, yeah, I've never met you. <laughs> well, I would be uh, look forward to it. I'm a fan of your work, so let's uh, let's try and make it happen at some point. Yep. Yeah. All right, Doug. Have a good rest of the day and enjoy the movie tonight. Thank you, bro. All, All right. Take care. You. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. So big thanks once again for Doug Aldrich coming on the show. And like I said, I have lost count with the number of times that Doug has been on, but it's been great. He's been a great supporter of the show. He's always willing to come on. And he's always just a great guy to talk with. That alone means you guys should support the band and buy that new album. So again, the new one's called Radiance. It's coming out on September 30th. You can go up to thedeaddaisies.com, see all the places that you can pre-order that. 
And yeah, I'm sure if you're being lazy or whatever, you could probably just go up to Amazon and search for Dead Daisies Radiance and boom, it'll be up there too. So yeah, you could do that. But either way you do it, make sure you support the band and order that one up. And they do have uh, tour dates coming as well. So that is another reason to head up to thedeaddaisies.com because you can find out what all those tour dates are going to be. And, you know, towards the end of the interview, they did talk about the the uh, Ronnie Dio documentary coming out and all of that. And yeah, we'll see whether or not I'm going to make it to that one. It's very, very limited in this area. I think that uh, there's only one theater around me that's carrying it. Do have tickets, but there's a lot of other crap going on at that time frame. I don't know if I'm going to be able to drive all the way there and make it in time. So we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, when you talk about movies and documentaries, another one to be on your radar is definitely the one that Banger Films put out for the band Triumph, the uh, the Rock and Roll Machine documentary. So I know that is available on some of the streaming services now in the U.S. I know that's on Amazon Prime. You can either rent it or buy it. And I got to say that it is a great documentary about that band. And what's crazy, too, is the other night when I watched that, it's almost like finding out all this stuff or getting reminded of all the stuff that I forgot. And then going into the uh, record collection and realizing that I have every single Triumph vinyl. And I forgot that I had every last one of them. I even have a couple that uh, were not ever available to the public that are, uh, you know, were radio show type stuff. And uh, yeah, I, f- I forgot that though. I looked back and said, holy crap, I have every last album that they put out. So great band and awesome, awesome documentary, just like you would expect from the folks at Banger Films. So on the next show, if everything goes right, we'll be talking once again with Jim Santoro. He is the author of Underrated Rock Book 2. We had Jim on the show back, uh, I want to say about two years ago, for his first one, The Underrated Rock Book. This is a follow-up to that with another 200 different albums. And like I said, if timing works out, and I'm able to get that interview done, then that is what you are going to hear on the next episode of Focus on Metal. But for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again, as always, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.